0: Blimey, everyone. What a draw we've just had for the Champions League and the Europa League and the Conference League, actually. I think interesting draws for the Italian teams all the way through. Um, I know Mina's already done a voice note on the Champions League games and uh, I was going to do something on the Thursday night games, but I thought I'd hang off and, and see the draw. And now inevitably I'm starting with the Champions League again. So I'm sorry for all the Europa League and Conference League heads out there. We will get to that, but I can't not talk about this Champions League draw. For anyone who hasn't seen it, if you've been under a rock, the the big news for the Italian clubs: Napoli have drawn Milan and Inter have drawn Benfica. But the big part of it is that they're on the same side of the draw, so the winners of those two games will face each other in a semi final. So I was saying on Twitter before the draw: Look, I'm not really a big fan of. Seeing teams from the same country play each other in Europe, I think that's the least exciting thing because they can already play at home. I like seeing teams that don't always get to play each other, have these games. but I would have been intrigued for a quarterfinal Milan Derby because it's a Derby because it's Milan against inter and, and seeing that on this big stage again for the first time in in God since Shevchenko was playing and and the flair was thrown at Deter and the game had to be abandoned. It's been forever it would have been a scene. We might still get it, but it'll be in the semi final if it happens and it requires Milan to knock out Napoli. Clearly, this is a, a sort of promising draw for Italian football because essentially only Benfica stand between us and the possibility of having an Italian team in the final of the Champions League, which is just boggles the mind, honestly. You think um, since Juventus, no one's gone there and, and the idea that it could be. Milan again for the first time in, in forever, or that it could be Napoli, literally the first time ever. Inter for the first time since La Tripleta. It's, it's such a crazy idea. Now, let's not underestimate Benfica. Benfica are not Porto, so don't assume that just because Inter be Porto, that they're going to be Benfica. Benfica already knocked out. Juventus um, Benfica are a very, very good team. But I do think, looking at the, the two sides of the draw, you, you can't argue that the Italian clubs have not got the better side of it. Uh, I think knowing that only one of Real Madrid, Bayern Munich or Manchester City, that you're going to have to play only one of those three clubs between here and winning the competition potentially is, is, is a huge thing. And, um, and yes, we're going to have at least one Italian team in the semifinal because Napoli are playing Milan. We're going to have so much time to talk about these games. I don't think it's worth going into a big analysis of them. I thought it was fun. Luciano Spalletti... Immediately just shooting back at anyone, saying that this is a good draw for Napoli, saying anyone who says that is an idiot. And then actually falling to like the most cliche line of all, saying, well, if you or everyone tells me that Champions League is about experience, look how many Champions Leagues Milan have won. So clearly they're the experience team. Listen, Luciano, I roll my eyes at English commentators and managers when they say things like this. So you don't get away with this. Everyone knows that Milan team is a very young Milan team. These are not the same players who were playing Champions League finals against Liverpool with Pippo Zagi up front or, or going further back, the, the, the great teams under Ligasaki. This is different animal, but I am excited to see one of those teams in the semifinal. I'm excited to see if Inter can pull off another another result in Europe. I think it's it's a surprise to me that either they or Milan have, have got this, not a surprise, but I think both they and Milan have really exceeded themselves to get this far. And, and I think that's going to be a really tough tie against Benfica, but we'll have time to talk about the ties. I just think it's exciting to know that we've got at least one Italian team in the semi-final and effectively just one team standing between all three Italian sides and the possibility of a Serie a team in the final. So exciting draw for Italian football for sure. And, uh, you know, just to remind everyone as well, by the way, actually, sort of when we talk about European glory and, and to lean into what Svaletti said rather than fight with him, in, in the greater context of European football, these are not small clubs Milan, Inter, Benfica, and Napoli, as our good friend Matteo Benetti was reminding people on Twitter, 12 Champions League or European Cup trophies between them. So, not a, a side of the draw lacking in history as well. And, and look, again, friend of the show, Gab Marcotti. Um, had a good take as well, saying one way or another, we're getting either an Italian or Portuguese team in that final. Last 30, team was six years ago. Last Portuguese team, 19 years ago. So very much going to be an exciting finalist out of that side of the draw, regardless. Moving on to the Europa League draw, definitely not, I wouldn't say a favourable draw for Juventus during sporting. We've just seen the knockout Arsenal. I think they're going to be Really tough, but the, the, the idea of a Manchester United Juventus semi-final, which is the potential draw we have on potential semi-final we have on that side of the draw. If Manchester United can meet Sevilla, that's a really mouth-watering idea to, Um, again, sort of historic giants of European football could go up against each other, but do not take sporting for granted. Don't take Sevilla for granted either. I think all of the ties in, in this competition to me feel like games could go either way. I like on the other side of the draw, final would get Roma. Uh, or Roma get a final, which is of course a rematch of the Europa Conference League final. Worked out well for, for Roma last time. I think it's a tie I would expect Roma to win, but again, take nothing for granted. Uh, to talk to how these teams did in their actual games on Thursday night. Do you know, I think there's a whole fascinating narrative with Thursday night and the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. For, for Roma, it was just such a Mourinho narrative. It was such a you shall not pass. What was it? 19 shots they gave up to Sociedad with only three of their own, less than 25% of possession. Stop me or don't stop me. Actually, if you've heard this before, we show Mourinho in Europe, but when it works, it works. And, and when you win the first leg 2-0, you put yourself in position to, to play this way against the Sociedad team who we thought could give them, when we saw the draw, a really hard time, who are fourth in the Liga and, I think this was another mature, impressive performance from an Italian club in Europe in, in a round full of them. This point has been made in lots of places now, but I'll reiterate it for, for, for this uh, voice note. We had six out of seven teams, uh, Italian teams go through in this European round. If we include the Champions League, the Europa League and the Conference League. And out of those, you had all of the Champions League teams both Europa League teams did not concede a single goal. So real sort of return to the old ideas, I suppose, of, of Italian teams just not giving you a sniff in Europe. And look, it's not always pretty with Jose, but I don't think he or oh, Roma will care one bit. He took them to winning the Conference League last season. They're in the quarterfinals of the uh, Europa League this season. And of course, managed to get a dig in at Lazio while he was at it, saying afterwards he felt sorry for for who now will have to spend money to ship the Conference League trophy somewhere else when it could have stayed in Rome. Just wonderful Mourinho jabbing and jibing ahead of the derby, of course, this weekend. Always fun to see him in his element. Hey gang, just wanted to let you know that you can now get a free 14-day trial of our Chronicles Defosi Patreon membership. Subscribe now for free for 14 days to get access to all of our full episodes, solo mini bonus content, even behind-the-scene bonuses like our chats about football and, of course, our chats about life in general. You can also get the entire bank catalogue of Sedia Chronicles content. So head over to SediaChronicles.com forward slash Patreon and subscribe to the Chronicles Fosie membership for free. I do think... Cause this is the big narrative, actually. This is why I'm coming to this point. The big narrative of, of Thursday night football, the Europa League, the Europa Conference League, which I talked about heaps last season, whether I'm winning the Conference League, these competitions outside of the Champions League that they, to a, to a great extent, they mean what you say they mean. And when I say what you, what you say, I mean what a club says, like what the manager says, what the players believe, what your messaging is to your fans and whether your fans reciprocate that. Because they're not financially as valuable as going even a few rounds in the Champions League. It's it's very hard to make anything like the same money from playing in even the Europa League as it is to the Champions League. But a European trophy is a European trophy, and big European nights are big European nights. And these competitions can simultaneously be exhausting because they put such a demand on the number of games you play, but also really uplifting for a team. And I think Mourinho has shown. How to achieve uplift for his team from from having these nights in Europe, and I think what's fascinating to me is I think that Fiorentina right now are absolutely having that same sort of uplift of look what happens when we start to get momentum, we start to win some games together. They've had such a a difficult, some would say disappointing season in Serie. A. They they lost ten games already this season. They're in the bottom half of the table. It's not what I expected from them at the start of the season. But if you look at more recently how they've been doing, since beating Braga 4 0 away from home in the previous round, they've gone, including that game, they've taken seven wins and a draw from the last eight games. And that includes Serie A. So they are taking that form that they're building in Europe and they're taking it back home with them. And I think that's one of the ways this can go for you, frankly, when you put that energy into winning in Europe and when you start to get those feel good wins. And they've had some real feel good wins in this competition Fiorentina. The, the Praga win obviously was, was huge. They won 4-0 away from home, 3-2 at home. A uh, Sivaspor now in, in the last 16. It was a 4-1 win in Turkey after the 1-0 went at home. And look, this was... Weirdly, I almost thought they were better in the first leg at home. I thought some of the football they played in that first leg was real swaggering stuff, really confident, like showing off like flicks and tricks pulling out all the stops kind of performance they had in the first leg. And yet they only scored once. In the second leg, they scored four times. And, and some of it was just self-inflicted nonsense from Sport. Honestly, that Demetrius Gutas' own goal was just one of those moments where you look at it and think, anything not to be in his shoes, frankly, you can just feel how that would be a ground swallow me up kind of moment because he could have done a hundred different things when he gets that ball inside the area he could bring it down he could clear it, he could put it behind for a corner he could just lump it and instead heading it back towards your own goal I mean as a defender you're you know you're told not to do this don't don't put it towards your own goal put it to either side of the goal because if you put it on target things can happen and in that case things happened. and then how can Arslan get sent off afterwards for just a Stupid kick. I mean, it was a bit of a nothing kick, and and the reaction to it greatly exaggerated. But still, a stupid kick. And and suddenly, you you've taken a tie that at one point looked quite close. Sivasspor did score first in the, in this leg, and and it's not close at all. But again, just the way that Fiorentina experiences this game, the way they celebrated those goals from Artur Cabral and and Nikola Milenkovic that put them two one up, you can see that it it matters to them. And I I think listening to Vincenzo Italiano, the manager he talked about it. He said, look, we really wanted to qualify for this competition. We put loads of work into qualifying for this competition last season. So now we want to keep this dream alive. And, and they have. They have embraced this competition in much the same way as, as Roma did last season. They're the top scorers in the Europa Conference League by a way. In fact, and they've scored 26 goals, something crazy in the competition. And I think that energy has come back to them. Like I said in Serie a, they are playing their best football right now. Things are starting to click for them and let us see how far they can go in the competition. They are through to the quarterfinals. They've drawn Lake Poznan in the quarters. Poznan have also scored a lot of goals in the competition this season. So potential for a really high scoring quarterfinal, but they've managed to avoid the West Ham side of the draw. I don't know if West Ham is necessarily the team you look out for as the team to beat in this competition. It's, it's tempting to look that way just because Premier League money is, is always a factor, but but who knows? I think it's a pretty wide open draw in the Conference League, but Fiorentina certainly are alive in it. Lazio are not alive in it because they lost uh, for the second time 2-1 to AZ Alkmaar, both legs, 2-1 defeats, both legs, they scored first. And a fascinating contrast, right, with Maurizio Sarri, who has just been going around basically saying, this competition doesn't matter that much, to me saying, I... Would much between this game and the one against Roma, the derby at the weekend, I'd much rather win the derby. And, and look, no one no else could disagree with that? No one's looking around to go, Oh yeah, I really hope we win this game against Alkma over the derby when you've got both Roma and Lazio competing for the top four. So not just a derby with a derby with everything on the line, you could say, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out this weekend. I guess we'll find out on Sunday at five o'clock, uh, UK time, six o'clock local time, because. If you don't win that derby now, to me, it's going to be very easy to look at this and go, "Well, did you make your own bed here by not committing, by not playing this game like you meant it, and and giving your team the potential to get that uplift of when, especially having already only sort of drawn at the weekend against Bologna, it was a chance to inject a little bit of optimism back into the team." Look, Sari will tell you his his team just isn't uh, deep enough. That there was some rotation here, but there was also some. Some of the biggest starters on the pitch in this game, milinkovic Savic started this game, as a Kanye started this game. There was not a a total sort of nothing team put out away to Aisad Algemar, but in any case, the attitude, the performance was not there, despite Felipe Anderson scoring the first goal in the tie. And that's the other one Italian team who did not make it through. The one other Italian team who I haven't talked about yet really is Juventus, and I feel like that might just wrap up with a bow, this whole thesis that I'm putting together. My goodness, I've only just seen how long I've been talking. I'm sorry, guys, I've wished on for much longer than I meant to. But this thesis I'm putting together about these competitions, meaning as much as, as you say they do, and, and the important part of them perhaps being what they can give your team in terms of momentum and uplift. Do Sam Vlaovic in this game, for me, the story of this game is Do Sam Vlaovic, because Vlaovic has been going through this what feels like a psychodrama that we've been talking about on the podcast where he can't score a goal, six games without a goal and the pressure is building up on him. And you get to the point where even Sampdoria's manager bottom of the table wants to console him as much as console his own players. And then he scores in the first half of this game and you can see what a release it is for him. You can see the energy and the roar and the enthusiasm that he has when he scores that goal. The celebration was such an emphatic celebration. And then VAR says, nope, Offside and takes it away from him. Honestly, when he stood up, when he stepped up to take that penalty in the 45th minute, I thought he's going to miss this. I really genuinely thought there's no way he scores this penalty after everything, after recent travails and then um, having that goal taken off him. I thought he's definitely missing it. And frankly, it was not a great penalty. On another day, I think Flecken does keep that out and and it's a different story. But as it happens, he did score it. And I think all Juventus fans are going to be hoping now that that's the moment something clicks and and you get Dusan Vlahovic back to where he can be. Even better, Federico Chiesa then comes in to replace him and scores a second goal, which is only for Chiesa's second goal since recovering from injury. His first one was in the Coppa Italia. I think you couldn't have asked for a better outcome in that sense if you're Max Allegri win the game, win the tie and get both Vlaovic and Chiesa on the score sheet. I think, again, time will tell. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll say afterwards, oh, they're tired from all these extra games. But I think that has the potential to really bring them up. I think the opportunity to push on in this competition, to play a semi-final, potentially against Manchester United or Sevilla, And potentially to push on and try to win this competition, knowing that it's a path into the Champions League, knowing that we don't know what the outcome is going to be of the appeal against the points penalty in Serie, A. I think it's it's a really big opportunity and tournament for Juventus as well. So thrilled by everything about this European week from an Italian standpoint. I thought, with the exception of Lazio, I guess, um, some some great stories, some great football played in completely different ways. I'm, I'm. reserving space in that celebration for Roma and their rearguard effort, as well as the teams that won. I think something wonderful about seeing all these Italian teams not concede a goal in Europe. I know Mina loves it. I know Mina loves to see all of that, but yeah, there were some great defence performances from Roma as well. Another great game from Chris Smalling at at centre-back for them. In any case, lots to look forward to with all of these quarterfinals to come. I am going to wrap this up because I've been talking for nearly 20 minutes just on my own, My goodness. And uh, back on Monday with a podcast wrapping up the two derbies, Derby Italia and the Rome Derby. Speak to you then. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.